Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast series of Spine and Rehab Specialists. We're on episode number 13, and today we're going to talk about arthritis. With me today, I have Marlene, Dr. Marlene Gomez, um, and you know she's going to explain a little bit on what arthritis is, because um, I think there's you know definitely some some unknowns in that. So let's let's start a little bit with that, Marlene. Um, let's talk about what is arthritis. Um, well, arthritis itself, when you take the term into consideration, just arthro meaning the joint, mm-hmm. um, itis means inflammation. So typically, it refers to a lot of different conditions that affect um, the joints and cause inflammation in the joints. Yeah, because I think a lot of people think arthritis is just an old age thing. We just kind of have to kind of accept it. But that's mm-hmm. not really true, is it? No, it's not. Um, I mean, obviously, there's specific um, arthritis that does um, progress over time with age. Um, but that's usually just specific to osteoarthritis. There's a lot of different types of arthritis that are um, not necessarily associated with older age. Okay, so you want to give a couple of you know examples of what other arthritis are there? Um, so one of them that's most common is rheumatoid. Okay. okay. Um, so that's more of more systemic and it's a little bit more severe, um, but that's not one that's okay. Well, I'm an older age now and I'm going to have rheumatoid. Um, usually with the ones associated with over time, it tends to be osteoarthritis. Okay. And then there's some other conditions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that later on. So let's start with probably the big one, the one that you know people know the most about osteoarthritis. So talk a little bit about that. Um, so that one, like I said, it tends to be over time, um, progressively. Um, it, what it is, is basically what people say is wear and tear of the cartilage and the joints. Um, and then so a lot of people tend to hear that and they don't really understand what is really cartilage. Um, a lot of the times, well, most of the joints in our body, um, they have this little thin lining of tissue, connective tissue that's cartilage um, that surrounds the ends of the joints. Um, and it just functions to help it um, help the joint reduce friction when you're moving, helps everything um, you know move smoothly. Um, what I like to kind of explain it to patients is if you think of like a thin layer of ice that's like very smooth, um, and you you glide over that, it's very smooth. It's not um, you know you're not having friction or getting stuck. Now if you kind of take something and crack the ice. That's kind of what happens to the cartilage. There's some damage, there's some wear and tear. Um, so things don't, you know, move as smoothly anymore. So that's where you have, you know, symptoms like joint stiffness and you have pain. Never actually heard the the ice comparison. I think yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> so, but yeah, definitely, you know, normally speaking, cartilage is very, very smooth. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it just kind of gets sandpapered out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of genetics, you know, yeah. into it. So definitely some people are just, you know, I guess born with weaker cartilages um you know that's just like some people have a better head of hair and better yeah. nails and all of that so yeah. um you know and then there's definitely the influence of you know injuries mm-hmm. you know that will you know contribute to that wear and tear maybe just you know bad habits over time yes. um and i guess if you really love you know live long enough you're probably going to have arthritis regardless right yeah, of you course know. so okay so now, are there specific joints that this goes to, or can it be in any joint in the body? Um, specifically, usually it tends to be more of the joints that we call the weight-bearing joints. So you, you typically do um, experience, or you see a lot of people that have it with the knees and the hips because they take a lot of load. Um, but it can affect a lot of other different joints as well. Um, like you mentioned, over time, um, 
you know, you're eventually going to have arthritis or if you have injuries. Um, but then you have to, that's where you consider people's occupation or sports. So anything that's repetitive, um, like a joint that they've been using for a long time, like baseball pictures, pictures, they use their, their shoulders a mm -hmm. lot. Um, you may get arthritis there. Um, people that have heavy labor jobs that require a lot of bending, um, just a lot of, um, picking up things and stuff like that. You then it's when you get the knees, the hips, the back, the spine, all that stuff. Yep. So it can affect a lot of different joints. Yep. Yeah, and definitely and, you know, injuries play a part of it. I know, mm -hmm. you know, if you had an ACL surgery when you're, you know, a football player, basketball player, whatever, then your likelihood of getting arthritis later on is definitely greater. Right? Yeah, it is. So now I think a lot of times people think that, well, if I have arthritis, I can choose to either live with it. It's just the way it is. I'm old. Or I'm going to have a knee replacement or a hip replacement replacement or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, there's got to be something else that we can do about it. Yeah, there is. Um, typically, people think, okay, arthritis, I'm going to need surgery right away. Um, and that's typically not the case, especially if it's early. Um, it's, the symptoms aren't as severe. Um, but there's a lot of evidence that physical therapy does reduce a lot of the symptoms um, and improves function. Um, a lot of what we have to target, though, is... Um, improving mobility in the joint, um, obviously reducing pain, reducing the symptoms. Um, but then you have to consider um, what else is contributing to possible this joint stiffness. So then um, people typically, when they have pain with arthritis, we tend to not want to move. So mm -hmm. then you just contribute to the stiffness and the pain and all of that stuff. Then you get weaker, you have more uh, muscle tightness. So you want to address all of those factors to help the joint move better, um, help you function better. Um, but then also it's not always just addressing that joint specifically, for example, the knee, you're not just going to address the muscles that surround the knee immediately. You have to kind of take a look at the hip. Um, is there something in the hip that's, you know, lacking mobility or lacking strength? Um, because then if not, if there is, then I mean, obviously the knee has to take extra load for that. So there's a lot of different things with just that specifically that helps out with um, reducing symptoms. Yeah, so really, you know, it's a matter of us taking a look at the, the whole body, mm -hmm. not just at one joint, yeah. identifying what deficits there are, what problems there are, and then, then really addressing them. Because what I get from some patients is, well, why would I go to therapy? Because you guys can't cure arthritis. And I was like, no, I absolutely can't cure arthritis, mm -hmm. but we can help all these other things, right? Yeah, we can, definitely. Um, yeah, so just because there's no, um, we can't go in there, we replace the cartilage, or like we can go in there and fix everything. I mean, you, it's amazing the benefits that people experience once they start the, the trial of physical therapy and they're like, you know what, this does make me feel better. So. Yep, I definitely see that. And I, I see that to the point where, you know, people, it looks like they're headed towards a total hip or a total knee. Mm -hmm. And they actually ended up, you know, not needing it mm -hmm. or at least postponing it by, by multiple years, mm -hmm. which I think that's, that alone is already an advantage. It is. Because, I mean, surgeries are a big deal. Like, they, I mean, they're not just expensive, but the recovery process, too. You're going to have pain afterwards. You're going to have to go to therapy afterwards anyway. So. Yep. Um, even at that, if you get to a point where it's so severe that you're going to have surgery, um, PT beforehand is still going to be beneficial um, as far as strengthening. Um, so that way your recovery is a little bit better, but then also educating the patient and preparing them for what's going to happen right after what they should do right after, which you hope they get that, you know, in the hospital. Um, but sometimes not, not, not always. <laughs> 
Not always. Not and always. also you got to look at how clear is somebody thinking when they're full of pain medication, True. they're in a lot of pain, mm-hmm. and you give them all this wonderful education. Yeah. It, it may not stick. No, so it not. I think coming in beforehand is definitely, you know, a, a big advantage. And already getting those muscles used to moving and, mm-hmm. and even, you know, get some joint range motion back would, mm-hmm. would really help with that as well. So there's lots and lots of advantages, I think, of doing the, the, the physical therapy beforehand. And I, I've seen it, you know, often enough that the surgery then ends up not being, you know, needed at that time. Yeah. Because also when you do a joint replacement surgery, th- those joint replacements only last kind of a limited amount of time. I mm-hmm. mean, they're, you know, 15, maybe 20 years. Yeah. So that's fine if you have it done when you're 80. You probably don't have to worry about it. But if you have it done when you're 60 or maybe even younger, I've seen this, yeah. you know, being discussed in people in their 40s. Yeah, really young ages that they're starting to try to that for so yep and they can maybe redo it once but mm-hmm. you know at some point you know they can't keep redoing it because yeah. these are massive massive surgeries i mean i i've been in some of those surgeries and it looks like they're carpenters you know these yeah. doctors i mean it's hammering chiseling filing you know it's it's pretty grueling yeah. uh, and patients come back you know super sore and, and inflamed and everything mm-hmm. so i definitely definitely think anything that we can do to to help with that you know is is good so because from a medical standpoint, what other interventions are there for osteoarthritis? Well, typically, um, pain medication, obviously, to manage pain. Um, you know, anti-inflammatories, if there's a little bit of inflammation, um, which with osteoarthritis, you can definitely have some inflammation and a little bit of swelling later on, um, which is going to be very different from rheumatoid. Um, but um, also, they tend to maybe do cortisone injections to help out with some of that pain. Um but really, that's about it. Besides, then after then, more invasive procedures like surgeries. Yep, I know there's some injections that kind of help with the the cartilage. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that is it's kind of a temporary solution. It so, is. All right. So definitely for people with osteoarthritis, you know, therapy can be extremely beneficial and, and probably should be part of that. And really, it's it's a matter of the earlier you do it, the better it is, right? Yeah. That, you know, because there comes a point where you know people have you know some you know, major issues inside the joint mm-hmm. that we look back at, gosh, I wish you would have been here three years ago, five years ago, because mm-hmm. we would have helped you so much. Because also part of the physical therapy that we do is a lot of education. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. really educating on, on, you know, techniques that you can use to preserve your joints, um, mm-hmm. on, on techniques on how to do things just in a better way so it's not putting as much much strain on your, you know, on your joints. Yeah, so yeah, modifying certain activities sometimes that, I mean, even patients that I've seen, that want to kneel and they have knee arthritis and it's it's difficult for them to get back up but then you you watch them get up from a kneeling position and it's completely um not wrong but there's a better way to do it um so that they don't put so much force to their knees and they're not experiencing as much discomfort so a lot of little things that you can modify to help them not just feel better but then also protect their joint in the long run yeah absolutely so good so then let's you know let's tackle the next uh, big one Rheumatoid arthritis. So tell me a little bit about that. What it, what is it? Okay, so rheumatoid. Um, that one is more like I said, a little bit more severe than osteoarthritis, just because it's more um, it's systemic. So it's chronic and it's an inflammatory um, condition. Um, this is not something that's gonna you know go away. It's um, chronic and and inflammatory in that the immune system is attacking the joints of the body. Um, so, and this is where it involves multiple joints. Um, it tends to be, you know, progress over time, tends to be a little bit more debilitating over time. Um, what people tend to experience with this is not only um, pain and inflammation in the joints, joint stiffness, um, but then also like redness and warmth in the joints. 
Um, and then their joint stiffness in the mornings tends to last a little bit longer. Um, they also tend to experience joint stiffness after sitting down for a long time or just prolonged inactivity. Um, but like I said, it tends to be systemic and even affects other organs. It's not just the joints. Yeah, and then we see that in a lot more joints that aren't weight wear, weight bearing. Mm-hmm. Like osteoarthritis typically is your, you know, knees and hips more mm-hmm. than any other joint. But I think in rheumatoid arthritis, you can see it in hands, wrists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think it's much more of an inflammatory condition than osteoarthritis mm-hmm. is. I mean, yes, osteoarthritis you can have inflammation too, but mm-hmm. I see with people with rheumatoid arthritis that inflammation is a much bigger deal. Yeah, it tends to be more severe, um, but then also. Um, like, like I said, they have that redness, the, the warmth, typically. They tend to have, like, flare-ups. So there's going to be certain times where it's flared up and there's more inflammation and you're going to have more symptoms, um, more joint stiffness, more pain. Um, but during those times, there's also um, tends to be bone destruction and joint destruction. So you have some erosion of the bone itself. Um, that's where you start getting the damage from. That's where you start seeing, over time, the... Um, deformities in the joints mm-hmm. so especially like you people think about rheumatoid you tend to kind of associate it with the hands is over yeah. time you see that um that deviation kind of mm-hmm. kind of comes out um yep. the fingers are now bent and stiff and they're just completely different now so yeah and that's definitely a lot more typical for for rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. you don't really see that with osteoarthritis no. there will be some joint destruction maybe going mm-hmm. on over time but and I definitely think with rheumatoid arthritis, there's a lot more of that joint destruction. And we see that in, in all different joints. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's most notable in the hands because you can see it. Yeah. But we see that in, in shoulders and knees and, and hips mm-hmm. and everything. So it's definitely a, typically a way more severe condition. Um, and it's not necessarily related to wear and tear. Obviously, mm-hmm. the joints can still wear and tear, but it's, it's, it's different, isn't it? Yeah, it is very different. Um, and again, it can be a younger population. It's not always, you know, associated with age. Um, it does tend to affect women mostly, uh, more than men. Mm-hmm. I mean, but men can definitely be affected. Um, but then just because it's systemic and it can affect organs, you know, people tend to just also feel not well. They tend to feel tired when they're going through a flare-up, um, maybe have a low-grade fever, um, just n- don't feel well overall. So there's other other symptoms that are just not joint-related always that are associated with rheumatoid. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and from a medical standpoint, what else is there, you know, that can be done for mm-hmm. rheumatoid arthritis? Well, that's the important thing with rheumatoid, just because it is systemic and it's chronic. Um, early on, you really do, um, they do really want to see a specialist um, because they, it's to prevent the eventual, you know, damage and try to, try to not just prevent, but slow the progress, the progression of the joint damage. Um, they want to be managed medically. So there's, you know, things like corticosteroids, typically anti-inflammatories, but then also specific um medications that tend to suppress the immune system mm-hmm. um, because that's what's attacking their joints um, again just to prevent the you know early early damage and try to slow the progress yeah there's definitely a lot more medical management with mm-hmm. uh, rheumatoid arthritis but osteoarthritis is pretty much pain medication anti-inflammatory medication mm-hmm. that's pretty much about it yeah you know maybe a corticoid you know corticosteroid injection at some point but that's about it but i think with rheumatoid arthritis you have all these extra medications these d- disease modifying you know drugs mm-hmm. um but they come with a lot of side effects as well they do. And, a, and a lot of times they stop working at some point mm-hmm. so a lot of times you see these patients go through all these different medications that they've gone through mm-hmm. they're on their sixth or seventh yeah, um, RA, you know, medication. Yeah, because so. their body starts to get accustomed to it. Um, but then that's also to consider is the, you know, the side effects. 
um, like corticosteroids over time. We know that it tends to weaken bones, so you have to consider, you know, osteoporosis, mm -hmm. which rheumatoid already places patients at a higher risk for that already. Um, but then those um, disease-modifying drugs that suppress the immune system, I mean, you have to consider when you're working with the patient, it's patients that may be at a higher risk of infection, so you have to be careful. Um, but again, even with the osteoporosis, then you are not just considering their joint pain and, you know, um, working with, with their function. Um, it's like, okay, is this patient a fall risk? Mm -hmm. We have to address their balance too because you don't want them then to have a fall. And now they're not just dealing with joint pain, they're going to be dealing with a bone injury. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of times here you hear people talking about, oh, I have rheumatism. I'm like, well, I don't know what rheumatism really <laughs> is, but, you know, we hear that and like, well, just because your joints are stiff in the morning, mm -hmm. that just means you, you know, you're probably more likely to have osteoarthritis because rheumatoid arthritis is really something you, you're diagnosed with based mm -hmm. on, you know, typically a blood test that has a rheumatoid factor in it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more to it. So when people come in, oh, I, my rheumatism is acting <laughs> up today. Like, well, I don't know if really. that's really the right term, right? <laughs> no. So, all right. Um. And what else is there out there in the, in the arthritis field? Um, another condition? Sure. Um, the, there's also, there's a lot. There's a lot of different types. Um, you know, there's juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, um, psoriatic arthritis, there's gouty arthritis. Um, one of the things with psoriatic arthritis is that it tends to be obviously associated with psoriasis, the mm -hmm. skin condition. Yeah. Um, only really about a third of the patients that have psoriasis have psoriatic arthritis. Um, but then again, it's just like rheumatoid where you have a systemic inflammatory chronic condition. Um, again, flare ups, you know, periods, sometimes periods of remission. Sometimes you have, you know, this mild flare up that you're consistently in. Um, but again, that's also something that has to be managed medically. Um, as a therapist, if you're dealing with that, you also, again, like rheumatoid have to consider, you know, if they're going through a flare up, you have to modify things because you have to protect the joints. You can mm -hmm overload and do anything in, intense um, as far as exercise because you're just going to cause more damage. Um, but with that also, because it's systemic, um, they tend to have, you know, you know, other symptoms like um, other organs are affected, um, their skin, um, they tend to have nail changes. So there's a lot of other things that they um, experience, not just the joints. Yeah, so there's a lot of things for us to, to consider when we're treating these kind of mm -hmm. patients, right? Yeah, there is. Um, so... You know, let's talk a little bit more about like the general thing of, of things that we can do for people with arthritis, right? Because a lot of times people with arthritis, like you said earlier, they're in pain, so they don't want to move. Mm -hmm. Not moving contributes to having more pain. Mm -hmm. So so where do we fit in in this, this whole process? Um, well, first big thing, like you mentioned earlier, is patient education. So explaining to them, you know, how, you know, the inactivity is just going to contribute to the the impairments. So it's mm -hmm. going to contribute to the joint stiffness. It's going to contribute to over time getting more weak, leading to more impairments and more pain. Um, and then also um, educating them on how physical therapy is going to be helping them. Um, for example, with osteoarthritis, like I said, um, you want to address, you know, all of the other impairments. So you want to strengthen the muscles to help support the joint. Um, mm -hmm. So the joint's not taking extra stress. Um, addressing, you know, mobility and strength of the joints above and below. Um, you know, flexibility so that the joint is moving better. Um, you know, what we, we do with like manual therapy as well to try to help things, um, you know, get more mobility in the joint because mm -hmm. a lot of times they lose range of motion. So you want to try to gain as much of it back so that they can function better. Um, 
modifying activities, not just for osteoarthritis, but rheumatoid, um, because when they're in flare-ups, they tend to be fatigued. You want to kind of educate them on how to modify activities so that they don't over-fatigue themselves. But then also um, when they're going through flare-ups, you want to educate them that, okay, you're in an inflammatory response. You don't want to put, you know, heat to already a joint that's inflamed because sometimes heat feels good. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, and it helps with stiffness, just like the symptom. But if it's inflamed, you don't want to do that. You're just going to perpetuate the problem. Um, But then also um, with them, you want to maintain their mobility during that time. You don't want them to be completely inactive. Um, Sometimes maybe even splinting may be necessary to protect Mm -hmm. the joint. Um, But then you you don't want to lose range of motion at that time. Um, But then afterwards, if they're in a period of remission, you do want to strengthen it. Because sometimes what tends to be associated with rheumatoid is that since there's joint damage, um, weakening of the ligaments and the tendons, there tends to be instability. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to keep everything nice and strong and have good support to the joint itself. So. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of a lot of education in that whole process, mm-hmm. um, and and I can definitely see you know some of the patients with you know arthritis and whether it's osteo or rheumatoid arthritis or any of the other ones, you know some of them are so well managed because they listen, they learn. Mm-hmm. They do what they're supposed to do, and yeah. then some of them just, you know, I guess they either don't go to therapy or maybe they just ignore what we're telling them. <laughs> yeah, and then they're just not well managed, and they go yeah. through these big ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely think that's a that's a difference. So I, I I really think we play a vital role in this this mm-hmm. whole you know this whole condition. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, and even just with that, if, if the joints of like the legs are affected too, there's you know things like balance that we have to address. Um, different things that we can do here like for example things that don't put as much impact so Mm -hmm. using like hydrotherapy so like you know um aquatic therapy Mm -hmm. um um, here where we have the you know anti-gravity treadmill you know there's a um a great way to get some aerobic um exercise but then also working on how somebody walks and um you know correcting anything any of their movement patterns when they're walking that may be attributing to like the stress they put on their joints, but it's more unloaded. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're having a little bit more protect protection in there. Yeah. So, you know, some of the principles that we use in the, in the pool, you know, obviously is the fact that you, you know, you have mm-hmm. instant weight loss, right? Mm-hmm. The last, unfortunately, but <laughs> you know, definitely that, you know, less weight bearing on those joints. Mm-hmm. So that's going to feel good. So it really allows people to move more and then you have the resistance of the water and some of the even the hydrostatic pressure mm-hmm. of the water that really makes it feel good and of course you know our pool is at a nice uh, 92 degrees so it feels mm-hmm. really really comfortable um, and, and really we can encourage people to move more you know in the water mm-hmm. than they would on land mm-hmm. and then similar with the the alter g anti-gravity treadmill so again you're you're unloaded you're unweighted um, you, you weigh a whole lot less makes moving easier and mm-hmm. less painful yeah. and really encourages people to to move more and that's ultimately what we're trying to do yes you know because sometimes patients will say well you know yeah i know i need to move but moving really hurts so i don't Mm -hmm. want to do it yeah you know so this this really helps with that yeah it does definitely and once once you know you get over that hurdle after educating the patient and they start seeing like you know movement hurts but hey this is actually helping Mm -hmm. then you know you're ultimately going to helping them see that this physical therapy is really as beneficial for them yep, yep. They, they get a lot more motivated to to then move and hopefully keep up with whatever home program we give them yeah right? that is true so, <laughs> all right um anything else you have to add today marlene um no i think that was about it unless you had any more 
Any more addition to words of wisdom? No, I think I ran out of words of wisdom. So, wisdom. all right, good. Well, hopefully everybody learned something about you know arthritis. Hopefully a little bit of clarification, a eh, what it really is, but also clarification of what we can do and and how we can help and you know give some you know light at the end of the tunnel that maybe surgery isn't the inevitable. Yeah. You know, hopefully there's something that we can give some people some hope. So, mm-hmm. well, thank everybody for for listening or watching. Um, thank you, Marlene, for being here with me today. Thank you for um, having me. And look forward to the the next podcast.